Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys. Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer? Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Spider-Man edition. Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, the man spinning his web for me, Tom Stewart of Lunds Whistle Productions. Shoot him a little something, Tom. Whoa, he stole that guy's pizzas. (laughs) Did you know that that guy that was eating the slice of pizza, I think, was the writer of Evil Dead 2? That doesn't surprise me for a second. Yeah, no, not with Raimi. <laughs> that 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 looks like a man who was involved in that project. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's I, I chose that uh, as a quotable, partly because I, it's a moment I really like, mm-hmm. and partly because it's also a kind of a problematic moment for me. Um, <laughs> okay. expand please i will expand so what i like about it is we've talked on this podcast before about needless placeholder dialogue in action movies you know this reaction shot which usually comes with a i gotta get me one of those that's gotta hurt Mm -hmm. or you gotta be kidding me and you know we've said well why why doesn't anyone write like interesting dialogue in those moments and sure. here it is, you know, yeah, it's like, right. here's a perfect example of it. It's a funny idea. It's a good gag. Yeah. Um, it plays with your expectations of what it's going to be. Um, unfortunately, everyone who reacts to anything in these movies has to be African-American. Mm. And there are literally no African-American people in the main cast. Right. And we're in that, we're, this is something we've also talked about. This we're in that blind... weird place in Hollywood. Yeah, this blind spot in in racial relations. In yeah, because we're uh, we're past we're in a new millennium. Yes, and Hollywood is st- is still woefully behind the times. Except it's you know they they now again we've just taken our eye off the ball when it comes to representing race on screen. Sure, and it's right. not malicious racism it's just no no, fact, no, no. I, th- I think they're they actually think they're doing black people a favor by having everyone who reacts to anything be african-american but sure you know we're looking back on that from 2022 when you know there are big budget hollywood movies where the cast are majority or all black yeah it's the same idea of of and i think you might even still see this today sometimes when you watch a mcdonald's commercial and every single person in the mcdonald's is african-american yeah and it feels like they 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 want to cast african-americans like you said they think they're doing them a favor yeah but in retrospect it feels kind of racist in the sense of yeah what are you saying this is all they can afford is mcdonald's this, yeah, n- completely, you know that yeah. kind of idea it's like they're, they're good enough to be... Basically, you're saying they're good enough to be in the movie, but they have... You know, they only in the under fives. Yeah. Like, they can't be main cast members. Bill Nunn is as far as we go. 
Right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and Ooh, you know, by the way, I saw, I strange saw... relationship with Spider-Man. This kind of never really—it's like he knows, but I, well, it's I never don't remember... talked about. Well, I don't remember how much of there. I assu... this is a. I assume that all of this was talked about in Spider-Man because again, I got the same expression impression that there was something going on with between these two guys that had oh, no, been explored. Yeah, it's not. It's There's not nothing, talked okay. about. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, then that's a that's a real non sequitur. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's very strange because I saw. I mean, I saw Wakanda Forever this uh, this past weekend. As did I. And and um, it's really interesting because a, a film critic friend of mine on Facebook sort of sent out a post saying, "Why aren't more people talking about this? You know that this is a a you know an all basically an all black cast, and." I take the opposite view. I kind of like that people are not talking about it. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that it's been somewhat normalized. Yeah. Okay. And you know, there was an there was an African American guy behind me in in the audience, and all he was talking about was how lazy the storytelling was. <laughs> That's great. And it's interesting. It's like we're at that we're at a point now where the diversity isn't even the question the question on is, screen right yeah, yeah it's like it's like okay this can be done now Marvel, now do it well come, you still have to come up with the goods yeah right exactly <laughs> well and i almost said in our in my introduction the you know this spider-man edition i i almost chose to say no not that spider-man no not that yeah. one either we're going back yeah and what's interesting to me about this particular series, the Sam Raimi mm. Spider-Man series, is this is this is the beginning, is it not? This is the beginning of what films are today. In in lots of different ways, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is still right. with us, we're we've, we're still actively making and rebooting Spider-Man as a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of that had to do just with Sam Raimi but... still directing Marvel movies. Yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it's uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting how uh, how far we've come, but also how contemporary this feels, given that the, the movies that come from two thousand and four and two thousand and seven. Right. I mean, there are big differences. Uh, but there are also some kind of weird continuities as well. There's some weird continuities and they're, you know, speaking to the broader idea with the first Spider-Man coming out in 2002. And then most specifically, I think Spider-Man 2, because those yeah. two movies are generally thought of as very good movies. Hmm. And because of the quality of the the movies of those two movies in particular, rather, it yes. kind of gave, it, it was the nugget of the idea of this is, this is what Hollywood can make money off of. This is what people want. This is what the, the yeah. you know, the broader well, yeah, su- public superhero wants. movies more generally. Even That's what of... I mean. The connection to yeah. like superhero movies generally and, and how prevalent they are in our lives today. Yeah. That it traces back to these because I mean, we had Superman, we had Batman, but they didn't give birth to to superhero movies the way we have them today, like these two, you know, this series did. I yeah, I agree completely. 
it's also interesting to see that even even at this stage in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they were totally scooping D- DC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, this is pre Batman Begins. Yeah. Exactly. I thought of that too. <laughs> and it, it, you know, it, it. You look back at it, and I don't think it's remembered this way, but uh, you, they got to the same ideas that Batman Begins did, but uh, right, uh, but, but a year before. Yeah. And of course, you told that story uh, on I don't know one of our many Superman <laughs> episodes <laughs> um, about how uh, J.K. Simmons' performances, uh, John Jameson, uh, scooped um, Superman Returns and made right. it, in, and at least to their eyes, made it impossible for Frank Langella to be a blustery, um, you know, newspaper editor. The, the character he's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, when you think about it in context, it's ridiculous because, uh, of course, Jackie Cooper is the model for that. And mm-hmm. so, in a sense, Jameson is a is a callback is to a that. Is a callback to that. Around. Exactly, right. Yeah. Um, but but again, you know, that, that uh, relationship between Marvel and DC still exists to this day you know yeah. one is still out of step with the advances of the other right um <laughs> and uh you know one is a model one is you know a model for how to do this kind of movie and the other one is is kind of always is like lagging about five six years in the past mm-hmm. it's interesting all right well ladies and gentlemen clearly we're talking about spider-man uh, Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3, we are here to rank and declare for these two yep. movies. Uh, Tom, as always, I gotta ask you, <laughs> <laughs> how difficult was this for you? Or do you have any interesting insights, too? Uh, no, I mean, it, I, I think... Listen, I think it's fairly self-evident that that one of these movies is more interesting, <laughs> successful, and competent than the other. And that's the greater narrative, even within fandom. Sure. You know. Um, uh, <laughs> I suppose the interesting insight for me would be that a bigger problem for the lesser film mm-hmm. <laughs> is that... Not only does it have none of the successes of the original, of its predecessor. Sure. It has all of its failures, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't know if you want to get specific. Uh, I, I can. I mean, you spoke about the greater narrative, so it won't come as any surprise to anyone. Right. I mean, you know, obviously when we're talking about Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man 2 is well-regarded as one of the better sequels ever made. Yeah. I've heard heard that narrative. I have heard that narrative, too. Specifically, I think, from Roger Ebert, he said this is one of the greatest sequels. Maybe he also was saying superhero sequels, but Mm. uh, he was very impressed by this movie. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's uh, that definitely something to investigate from our point of view. Because, yeah, you know, and it's, we've... you know, it's funny, too, because obviously this is the Everything Sequel podcast. So we cut the head off the snake and we don't talk about the first movie. But the one thing I will say 
That movie came out in 2002, which is only two years before Spider-Man 2 in 2004. And the one thing you get when you watch both movies is a significant jump in how they use CGI, how they use effects. Uh, uh, and then a pretty, pretty bad jump back. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, and, but I've did, talked about that, this. That, that groundhog went back into the hole. Yeah, exactly. Because I've talked about this, I think with you and certainly with Lady Chu on the How Dare You podcast, movies in the 2007 to 2012 kind of range yeah. are, there's so many movies and Spider-Man 3 is clearly one of them where they want to do something that is just out of the pace of of the effects that they're using. That's certainly possible. I mean, I have an alternate theory. Uh, I think, I, I don't, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll headline it now and we can talk about it in depth sure. later. But uh, obviously Sam Raimi directs both movies. Mm-hmm. But it's a very different Sam Raimi. One, you get the sense he's interested in one of these films, and I had the same note. Very yeah. much not in the other. Uh, but when he, when Sam Raimi's on his game, he. Is but I have that the... note for everybody in the movie too. Sure. But go go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Sorry. Well, when when Sam Raimi's on his game, he's probably yeah the, right. The, He's probably the foremost director for concealing the artificiality of CGI. Right. And that's what really comes across strongly in Spider-Man 2. Um, that he he's just he's just able to to distract you from its limitations and also integrate it into the world of a film in a way that that I, I haven't seen many directors of this kind of film achieve. Do. Right. But that requires him to be putting in some yeah, efforts, right. but he can do it. And so, but so I don't know if it's necessarily that the effects get better or worse. I think it may be the, 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 the means of handling them are uh, either within the grasp of the person. What I mean is I think they, they, they try to do too much. You know, the, the, well, the... I, I, yeah, I don't understand the aesthetic of the, the of, of Spider-Man three on a number mm-hmm. of levels. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah. also, I mean, but that's CGI, how I feel. But CGI is it, you know, is the is a kind of flagship for those problems. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Marvel movies as a Marvel superhero movies as a whole have descended into what I would call CGI sky fighting, right? No matter mm-hmm. how interesting the premise is at the beginning of the film or TV series, you know it's all going to end up with CGI sky fighting. In right. The end. And like, so you have the, that, but the you difference... have that feel, that sort of lingering feeling that this is how it's going to end up. Even WandaVision, somehow, one of the most experimental TV shows of all time, ends, ends up, up with sky fighting. CGI sky fighting. So, but and... what's interesting to me is that they choose that over the choices they made in Spider-Man 2, which yes. was to give real vertigo. Because they didn't necessarily have that in that first Spider-Man. So yeah. fights are happening on the sides of buildings where you're looking down the side of the building. Yeah. Uh, on top of trains in which you're looking over and around in, in, in a way that's so much, so clearly much more interesting than well, just the CGI sky fighting. And, and, and that's, saying, I would, that's what yeah. I was speaking to more specifically. The, hmm. Those are the choices that they go to in three where they think that they are showing something in camera with no cuts 
where Spider-Man and Hobgoblin are fighting around each other. But Is it he really looks called Hobgoblin. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's supposed to be. Okay. I don't Hobgoblin, know. Hobgoblin, if... Goblin Junior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what I've always. No, so, no, yeah. I, I'm not contradicting you. It just sounds. I, I, si- I admit, it I sounds could, silly. I could be completely <laughs> wrong, but that's what I remember from the comics that I never read. I bet you're right. <laughs> it just but, sounds. But my silly. overall point was was <laughs> they are trying to keep every. There are moments in that movie where they're trying to keep everything in camera because they think that that's going to be the next leap forward and look really cool. And it comes across as artificial in a way that is deeply unsatisfying. Yeah. And there's no, I mean, the, the other thing that I think Sam Raimi does incredibly well, and it's interesting that, that he worked with the Coen brothers, because I think this about the Mm -hmm. Coen brothers as well, Uh, no matter how stylized their films are, you always get a sense of the visceral. Yeah. In their filmmaking. And you see that again and again in Spider-Man 2, no matter how much right. CGI there is on screen, uh, you it, it always has a visceral impact yes. in some way or the other. Uh, and Spider-Man 3 has absolutely has none, none of that. Yeah. Which, um, again, you know, I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, maybe it's a combination of reasons, but... Uh, it, it, it it just doesn't seem like the same director. I agree. And you know what's funny about that movie is because it's Sam Raimi, yeah. I went into that movie thinking it couldn't possibly be bad. That Interesting. There's yeah. no way he could fuck it up. And so when, when, when what happened on screen was shat out in front of yeah. me, uh, if you haven't figured it out, uh, Spider-Man 2 is at the top of our list and Spider-Man 3 is at the bottom. <laughs> exactly. Footnote. But here's what I'm going to say, because there was one interesting thing that happened to me while I watched Spider-Man 3. As I said before, it like the first time I also I... have I also have one interesting thing. I wonder if it's the same thing. <laughs> I don't think so. Not okay. by the sound of what you're saying. And I think what I'm going to say is going to surprise you. Because as I was saying, like that movie felt like it was shat out in front of me the first yeah. time I saw it. I mean, I, I, I just, I couldn't believe how much they fucked up that movie. That's yeah. that, that was my my thought at the time. Yeah. And I mean, when we were doing Halloween, I think I mentioned that I saw Halloween Kills. You know, a second time after seeing it in the theater, you were like, why? And my thought process was, there's no way it's as bad as I thought it was. And I remember kind of doing the same thing with Spider-Man 3. I, you know, I saw it when it came out on, you know, video or whatever. Oh, wow. You didn't even go to the movies to see it? No, 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 no. I mean, I saw it in the theater, but I'm saying I saw it a second time. Don't, I, well, don't like when scam it, me like that. When it, came, when it came out on HBO or whatever. I feel like whatever. I know you. Don't worry me. Yeah, no, like no, that no. Again. You're safe, sir. You're safe. <laughs> don't you worry. Of course I was there. Probably opening day. I'm sure I still have the ticket. I can look it up. That's true. Uh, but, but uh, you know, it was one of those things where I thought it's not, it couldn't possibly be as bad as I thought. I'll watch it again. And I thought, no, it's, it's that bad. And I can't remember if I'd watched it one more time. 
But watching it for the purposes of this podcast, I almost gave it a break. It wasn't mm. quite as bad as no. I originally thought, I think. Well, I mean... So I'm going to give it that break. And you're right to give it that break because, uh, I mean, we're, you know, we're already into <laughs> into good and bad, really. I know, we are. Um, <laughs> but um, what I will say is there are a couple of scenes in the film when it owns and celebrates its own badness. Yes. And that, they, that, are, yes. they are the highlights of the film. Right. And I wish there was more of an effort to rally round uh the spectacular failure that this film is <laughs> and make it make that work for it because it uh, you know it really is literally a couple of scenes where I, i'm thinking you know that's difficult this, to do in a this superhero could have been so movie, bad though. it's good this really could right, have been so yeah, bad exactly. it's good if you'd but... have uh, tweaked it a, if you'd have tweaked the uh if you hadn't just settled for it's going to be mediocre. Yes, right. Uh, well, and also I think... spectacularly bad. I think, part, you know... Because it's straining so hard to, I think, break new ground in the superhero genre, like, that's what it felt like it was trying to do to me. Okay. That I can't, you know... I don't even know how to explain it, you know. That yeah, no, I don't know. How to I think it. It, I, it goes to specifically that the fight with Harry, the the CGI air fight, and then the last, the, you know, the last act fight, mm-hmm. where the CGI is up at a level that they're, you know, they're trying to give you spectacle, right? And it comes across as rather sad. <laughs> and, it does, yeah, and, and cheap. And cheap. cheap. And and cheap, you're right. The whole thing looks cheap. And I'm and... sure it's not. I'm sure there was money behind it, but it looks... Yeah, exactly. Looking and very cheap. That's what it is, is that, it, you know, you know that there's so much money behind it, and it's sad that it looks so cheap. And so it and can bl- never... And bland be... and boring as well. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, it can never raise to the level of so bad it's good because of no, that. No, I'm, I'm literally talking about a couple of scenes where they... Uh, they, they... Like I say, they just... They they celebrate the strange choices that the film has made. Yeah. Uh, to a point where it becomes. I assume we're talking most specifically about the same scene. I think so, but but it's just maybe we'll know, we'll keep it. But it become yeah, it becomes almost enjoyable. Yeah. Um. Uh, this is the first time I've seen Spider Man three. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and I knew exactly three things about it. One, it was not well liked. Right. Two, <laughs> there's a how did this get made episode around it. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, on it. And three, it's mocked in Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> Which I think is a... That's a big swing for to, to, to mock uh, a One Spider-Man franchise. film in a Spider-Man film. That's great. Yeah. Um, so those were my only real uh, expectations. Um and given that they were set that low, there were there was there was uh, things to like about it, but it also you know it conformed to those expectations it... of what what happened. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, like the the idea that even in the canon of Spider Man, uh, 
uh, this is the, you know, this is the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and into the Spider-Verse, they, you know, they, they show a clip from Spider-Man 3 and say, we don't talk about that. <laughs> it's brutal, right? <laughs> I mean, that's one of my, that's what, you know, that, 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 uh, that's up there with my favorite uh, Into the Spider-Verse is up there with my favorite Marvel and Spider-Man movies, but mm-hmm. uh, that's um, yeah, that's, that's a cold. gut punch. That's cold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse got past me, and I still haven't caught up. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, and it's been on my list. And you know, it's just one of those things where sometimes something something gets past you, and you. Yeah, you think to yourself, "Oh, I'm going to watch that at some point real soon," and then real uh, soon is, you know, a few years later, and you still haven't watched it. I I I put it in our watch-alongs, except it's magnificent. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> it's a, it's it is it's a very difficult to categorize as a, as a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, we it's could do good. a nice one. That's all right. Yeah, let's do a nice one. It's it's too good. You know, it's we uh, could gush. It's it's Just up one there. Song. It's up there with Spider Man Two for me. Yeah, you don't need the hand holding, but you know. No, not at all. We'll preface uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, spy and uh, spy. So Spider Man Two. Here's what I'll say regarding good or bad. Mm-hmm. You you talked about the great. Well, you were talking about the greater narrative of one is better than the other. There's also the narrative of. The Roger Ebert narrative of this yeah. is one of the best uh, sequels ever made. Um, there's a lot to recommend it. Uh, but you don't go to, that far, though. I think there are too many imperfections that immediately disqualify it from being talked about in those terms. And what are we talking about? Script or effects well, you or know acting I mean, or I all? Think, or I think there's there's a lot to there's a lot to admire about this movie but i think i think i now have to concede that there are also significant problems in pacing storytelling okay. and representation that cannot be ignored um so i think it's i think it's a it's a good movie but i don't think it's a great movie okay. and i certainly don't think it deserves to be talked about with the Empire Strikes Back or Godfather Part No, II, yeah, definitely. Not. I'm with you on that. I think I, I think I, I think it's a little higher for me. I, I go as far as very good. Mm-hmm. There are aspects of it that are very good. Yeah, and there are aspects of it that are great. I think, uh, but that has more to do with again how they kind of handle the fight scenes. There, there are, hmm. you know, I think a couple of, there are moments that I think are truly, truly great. Hmm. I was going to say even, you know, it's funny because it's, it's such a Sam Raimi scene when they're trying to cut off those tentacles. And Yeah, I mean, I, the, there is, it is, you know, it's a, it's an auteur film. Yeah. You know, you, you, you see... Yeah, you I was going to say something. I think the, I'll keep it, though. But. Well, yeah, you see the Sam Raimi of Evil Dead. Yeah, totally. All over this movie. in a in, But in a way that, and I guess this is why it's so revered. Not including that, not including his actors, but... 
Yeah. <laughs> in, in a way, in a way that uh, doesn't uh, interfere Detract. with the the the, pl- the pleasures of the movie. Yeah. And it's. I mean, it's 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 interesting. I mean, there's a there's a there's a foreshadow to Doctor Strange even in Spider Man Two, mm-hmm. um, and most recently he uh, directed. They were together. Yes, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Is that what that film's called? It is. It is indeed. Um, so it's interesting to compare those two and sort of see. You know, oh, this <laughs> it's like. Lots of ex- there's lots of exciting visual things in both movies, but one movie has a story, one doesn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> one movie has a story and characters, and it's sort of like it made me think. Well, the least you can do with Sam Raimi is give him stories and characters worth a damn. Yeah, because look at what he because <laughs> yes. you know what he could do with it, and with it basically it. and it basically invented your entire company. It, it kind of set the bar high for right. the company's reputation. So, well, um, and it's interesting you say that because, I mean, we're going to get into this more deeply when we talk about each movie individually. Yeah. Uh, but there's a writer. Is it Michael Chabon? Yeah, Michael Chabon. Or Chabon. I've heard both, but I think okay. it's Chabon. Yes. Um, well, yes, I, I have many notes about that man. Okay, so one one of my notes was that before he got involved in the script for Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 2 was going to involve, like, Doc Ock, Black Cat, the Lizard, and Harry as the new Green Goblin. Yeah. And he said, stop all that shit, just make it Doc Ock. Yeah. Clearly a note that they did not take for Spider-Man 3. No, no, it's like WWF at the end, it's right? D- yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> and it's not just that, but it's all of a sudden Gwen is involved. And yeah. so we're adding, like, that movie is so stuffed to the gills, I can't figure out when Act 1 ends. Because well, technically, I'm... the symbiote does not take over Spider-Man until an hour into the movie. But he, but here's an here's an interesting thought: which direction of Marvel movies gone in? Yeah, right. I mean, uh, you know, some <laughs> there are Spider-Man movies now that refuse to address that Spider-Man three even happened. But you look at Doctor Strange, and you're like, this is just two hours of Marvel IP. Yeah, right. Right. Um, and that's what Spider-Man Three is leaning towards. It's like how much, how many Marvel properties can we get into one movie? Mm-hmm. And you could say that probably about you know every Marvel movie for the past two or three years is like stuffed to the gills with as as uh, much from the canon as as you can get into it. That's true. O- often and almost always <laughs> in at the expense of story and yeah. and clear right. narrative. Um. So it, it's interesting that that there's the divergence. I think, I think that was an extremely good choice to just have one, just have one villain. Well, to carry we've the talked whole about movie. this. Yeah. We've talked about this before, and I'll still contend. I think it's so interesting. I think Batman Returns did a disservice to all superhero movies. Yeah, in perpetuity, by 
doing something successfully that no other movie has done since, which was... By having three villains. By having three villains, exactly. Yeah, even the following two Batman movies, as we as we discussed. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's just funny that, that a, a clear, at least in our minds, if you go back and listen to the Batman Returns episode, we kind of gushed over it. Definitely, yeah. And a, a movie that for me, just was so clearly success, successful at being able to combine multiple story arcs in a way that was interesting and, and felt complete uh, that other movies just cannot in any way, shape, or form do. And I, I think as well, I mean, in both these, both these movies, speaking, you know, speaking to your point, both these movies are heavily influenced by, you know, the traditional superhero movie. Superman a 2 of, a lot. And... There's a lot, well, there's a lot of the um, Christopher Reeve Superman sequels yeah. in both movies. Um, I get a, there's definitely a flavor of Batman 66, that kind of mm -hmm. camp energy. Yeah, absolutely. That, 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 has. That's, that has, I think, more to do with Sam Raimi himself and... Yeah, I, I mean, but I think it's, you know, that that's what it, it that's what it kind of put me in mind of. And but I think also the Tim Burton Batman films, I mean, Danny Elfman does a score for both of these movies. I was going to um, say, because you had said you had made. So a... I think I think they are I think they are thinking of these prototypical formative superhero movies and TV shows. Absolutely. Uh, but these movies are also concerned with. uh launching a new style of superhero movie which to their credit is with us for better or worse is still with us today right which they did yeah they yeah. They, they they set out that goal and completed their task yes yes absolutely yeah. and i guess it's you know it's a, a little like uh venom in spider-man you know it's like you get the right you yeah. get light it's light and dark isn't it because it's all the successes of uh it's it's kind of everything that's successful about the new wave of superhero movies, but also everything that's wrong with them. You can see in these two movies. Mm -hmm. Definitely more in Spider Man Three, but I don't think Spider Man Two achieves everything that it wants to do um, as successfully as as uh, some people have. As have said. people have, yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting and, what you were saying about Danny Elfman and the music and the connection between Batman and this, because in our last series. You know, when you were talking about John Williams, you were saying he basically completed one score and then used that score in different yeah. variations over and over again. He split it up into 27 films. Yeah. And it's really interesting <laughs> listening to the score of, of Spider-Man and how reminiscent it is of the Tim Burton Batmans. But there, also, there, it feels like directly connected. You know, it feels like that same argument. I, but it also, but interestingly, and I, I don't, again, I don't know how deliberate this is. It also feels like a foreshadow of of Hans Zimmer's mm. Batman music. So it's it's like it's like a, a hybrid of two different eras of Batman. Yeah, that's scores. interesting. <laughs> Which <laughs> when you think about the movies themselves, that's what they represent. You know, they're in between two phases of, of superhero media. Sure. Uh and as usual, we're doing comic book adaptations. Neither of us know anything about comic books. <laughs> right. No. We we have to mention and and I think it's interesting because I don't know about you but when I was growing up I I you know I knew 
Spider-Man. I didn't read any of the comic books. But I didn't I, read but, any of the comic books, but I'll tell you what I loved. Because uh, I, you know, I think Batman was my favorite, but I really did. I loved Spider-Man as a little kid. Yeah, and me too. I, you know, you probably know the shows now, I'm sure, having a, a small child. But uh, we had... Boy, do I. Yeah, we had, of course, there's Sesame Street, but there's also the Electric Company. Yeah. And Sesame Street as a little kid was always my favorite. But the one thing Electric Company had was uh, Spider-Man cartoons on it that I remember. And so I would tune in just to try and get a Spider-Man cartoon out of the Electric Company. Loved it. Yeah, um, but the the cinematic iteration of Spider-Man doesn't exist till two years before this. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, I guess Batman. Well, I mean, the, it's interesting because Bat the Batman the comic book is based on movies with a kind of Batman like character, mm-hmm. but then there's decades where, apart from you know the Batman sixty six movie, there's no cinematic Batman, and then you know from eighty nine onwards, it's uh, yeah. it's kind of been relentless. Well, but, but speaking this of is, your... but that's like ten. This is like ten years after that before yeah, Hollywood but... is, you know, actually has a Spider Man movie. Yet he's the character is ubiquitous in culture, I guess, from the cartoons, the live action, sure. the, you know, the the highly satirized live action. Uh, show and and you know the cartoons themselves have a very poor but i think hollywood waited that long because i mean if you look back at the christopher reeve superman and there was talk of how are we going to get this guy up in the air and then he's you know they're on cables but hiding the cables oh that's interesting yeah and as he slowly you know all those shots of him like holding margot kidder and and slowly coming down onto a rooftop and with spider-man you 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 know you just don't have that ability. He's got to move quicker than that, and I don't think they had a way to do that. And I think they had to wait for technology to catch up to a certain point where they felt like but you we only can have do to watch now. the live the live action Spider Man from the to know that for sure. Yeah, the late sixties, early seventies <laughs> to know that yes, that is a but uh, yeah. But it's but it's interesting that it's such an icon that it is a such an iconic superhero, yeah. and yet. It, it takes you know the turn of the millennium for us to get serious mm-hmm. about doing it as a film franchise right. and then i guess the same thing happens with batman is you 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 never uh, i guess you you're trying to you're trying to catch up with all those lost years and you just you know you rebooted every couple of well uh, part of years. that had to do with uh sony having the rights oh, and not wanting tr- to give them up right, so right. that's why we had the amazing spider-man come out so quickly after this ended because they don't want to give up the property but that's so, i mean that's so strange isn't it when you go into a movie admitting that you're not going to make the best possible product that you can i don't know that they think that they're doing that but they're you know but when you when you have to say hey we got to do this quick it's it's not a yeah, great starting stuff point. Stuff doesn't come out of that, does it? Yeah. <laughs> Hellraiser Re- Revelation, Fantastic Four. It, it it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't lend itself to creativity. Oh man. Uh, but we get yeah we'll get. I mean, there it's at not a point. sequel, but boy. I know it's a reboot, but man, what a great watch along that second iteration of uh, the Fantastic Four would be for us. Yeah. Well, and we're going to, you know, and and we're setting, you know, we're just dealing with these two films 
Correct. I mean, obviously, but, we have more Spider-Man films to talk about. But we'll we'll talk about. Uh, I don't know how we'll. I don't know how we'll split it up, but we'll. Uh, we'll you know we'll deal with all of them in turn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right up to the most. Because there's there's two different franchises going on at the same. There's two different. Uh, yeah. Franchises going on at the same time, and apparently they're all connected in one big multiverse. So somehow, some that way. makes our job that makes our job pretty difficult to yes. to know what to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe the beginnings of all the reboots are watch-alongs. Yeah, that's not a bad. Uh, well, except in, into the Spider Verse is uh, is the beginning of a reboot, and it's magnificent. Yeah, that's but... true. Yeah, we do a do a nice a friendly watch along. Yeah. Um so I mean the, yeah, as is, these are fascinating films for for a number of reasons. Yeah, I you know, th- th- it's funny that just it's, al- it's also rare that we get like such a good yeah, at right. least in theory and such a bad sequel side to side with I mean, everybody still involved too i mean same director same yeah you know like that's we're true, really bringing the band back together and so to have such a high and then such a low that's kind of uncommon it really is yeah and it's uh, interesting just to think hard of to pin down what went wrong you know spider-man came out in 2002 so we're we're literally smack dab in uh 20 years later and just think of all the IP that has kind of born out of that one Spider-Man movie. I mean, where movies are right now. Yeah. Like these these two sequels are the beginning of what we're steeped in. Yeah. And there's such a I'm not going to call it a rich history, but you know, there's there's such a a a, a recent block of history. Yeah that are born out of these two movies that are, that may, you know, certainly will make them interesting to talk about. And until we actively boycott it, it's never going to stop. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No matter what Martin Scorsese says. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's, that's, um, that's really interesting. And yet looking, you know, now that we're saturated with, this kind of movie when you look back at spider-man 2 it also makes a compelling argument for not reaching out and creating a cinematic universe yeah right just just sticking with one superhero one villain and just telling one a story story. (laughs) even by the even by spider-man 3 you get the sense of you know this is this is we're trying to do too much narratively here well, um, I mean that's that's plainly obvious in that yeah. movie. Um, I mean that's that's one of the, you know, if that if that movie is a stilt house, that leg of that house, that's the that's the rot. Yeah, but I, I the, there's a there's that moment in which you know they mention the the sort of eerily eerily prescient moment in which JJ mentions Doctor Strange. Yeah, and. Right. I, and in the back of my first, well, not in the back of my mind, my first thought was, you know, that's enough. Yeah, all that's you need. all I need of this right. Marvel Cinematic Universe exactly. is just a hint <laughs> that there's something going that on something off screen that I never need to see. Right. <laughs> you know why I don't need to see it? I'm watching Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but it, 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 it funny. I mean, just literally it, talking to you right now, it occurred to me that it's been 20 years. Yeah. And I, I mean, think about how much they've done in 20 years. Yeah. You know, saturation is the right word. It's just, it's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere and everything in how, in what movies are getting made right now. Yeah, and... they're even making movies like Wakanda Forever, which are just like, you know, could be done as a music video. Mm -hmm. And yet it's a three hour movie, <laughs> nearly three hour yeah, movie. Right. Uh, exactly. You know, it's it's like, it's, you know, we've made a film because someone tragically died and we want to send them off in the right fashion. It's like, great. That's not a reason for making a film. Yeah. <laughs> that's not your starting point for making a film. What okay, I found how, interesting, how what I found interesting is. about that movie, it was the only thing that they did really, really well. They yeah. made me, you know, I, I you know, just, uh, and all they really needed was that opening, that silent yeah. opening with the Marvel credits with just him was Music incredible. Video. It was the yeah. best thing in that movie. Yeah. All right. I didn't sign up for fish people. <laughs> But you know that, that there's a real, for for all its faults, I guess for, for the faults of of both movies, they are trying that they are they're trying sometimes too hard to tell a story based on characters and their relationships and their emotions. Yeah, and how those change and give it a satisfying beginning and a middle and an end, which. You, you you sort of it's it's not it's not quite how you want it done in Spider Man three, but you do get it. You do get yeah, you do get but it. it feels they 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 sort of wrap up the trilogy. They do. I mean, yeah, it was, not, I mean, actually, it's... I'll I'll say that because that was one of my takeaways. I didn't. But I didn't compare think they... that to now, where yeah, you know right. they're not just not interested in telling straight ahead stories anymore no yeah i mean you, you you can talk about whether it's good or bad that's a good or bad thing and if cinema respect you know if it's just cinema a spectacle then there's no reason why narrative even needs to play a role but they're just not interested in that anymore and i've no, seen enough yeah. marvel movies over the past two years to to know to yeah. know that that is not their priority now that is not what they think people want um but if the guy behind me in Wakanda Forever is anything to go by, people do still care. Right. Even the target audience still care sure. about seeing a story that interests them. I mean, it's always the place you should start and end, isn't it? <laughs> but, Apparently not. I mean, that's what I'm... That's I what guess... I'm, the, the more big studio movies I see, from not just from Marvel, but yeah. from, from DC and just, you know, more generic blockbuster films. Yeah, right. It, it just it doesn't even it doesn't even it's cross not even radar. it's not even yeah exactly I was just gonna say the same thing it's not it's not even it's a not blip crossing on their, their mind it's, even it's uh, nowhere yeah. near on their radar so you do get that sort of you know I I think having Shabon involved in super in Superman two and Spider Man two <laughs> yeah a little it is a you problem. had a little sequel Freudian slip there I know it is a is a problem because he's problematic in the way he writes screenplays, but there are also moments where I think I'm glad that there's a writerly approach to yeah right to making this film uh, because that 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 center 
even if it's not done well, like when you have a writerly center to a film, it helps. It it really it really helps. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it comes as no surprise we're we're putting Spider Man two at the top. Yeah. Spider Man three on the bottom, and I assume we're both good bad. Spider Man two good and Spider Man three bad. Yeah, but. Uh... I suppose <laughs> you asked for an interesting insight. Mm-hmm. One is perhaps not as good as some people have said, and one is perhaps not as bad as some people have said. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although you know, I, I would also I would also contend Spider Man Three not bad enough. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if only it was a little worse. Yeah. Spider-Man 2, not good enough. Spider-Man 2, not bad enough. So that's the funny thing. And I think part of it, I think part of it has to do with the fact that we're, we're on this adventure together and I'm doing this podcast. I was able to enjoy that movie on its level of badness more than I'd ever any other viewing. That's interesting. I, I, well, just a sort of uh, not enough to say it's so bad it's good. You understand, but you, well, you've been brainwashed by that. I, I've been brainwashed, and this has been my journey over the past couple of years doing this, this podcast. Is that that how hard it is to make a competent sequel of any kind? Yeah, right. And the greater respect I have for that, two years into this. It made me think that you know Spider Man Three is is making a lot of the right moves narratively. It's just it's just, mm, it's just well it just, we'll have to talk about that. In terms of wrapping up the in terms of wrapping up a trilogy. See, but that's the thing. It was it was not intended to be a wrap up of a trilogy. He wanted to do. Raimi wanted to oh, do. Oh come like, on! They were done before they even started. The he film. wanted to do four, five, and uh, six. Okay. All right. Well. It it's uh, maybe that's just me trying to salvage uh, the good in the film, but I I think it's you know I I kept thinking of Superman three, which is a, a movie I <laughs> admire more than the than the rest of the world. But yes. you know I kept thinking of Superman three. It's like oh yeah, this is what they did at this point in Superman three. It's quite a good thing to do in the third installment of a trilogy. Hmm. But of course, they had Superman four, and uh, they didn't end it there. But yeah, uh, it's a it's it it. But it's 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 terrible. I think it's it's self evident <laughs> that it's terrible. That's um, great. <laughs> but it's terrible. Yeah, but I have far more respect for the challenge of making that kind of a film. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, I, and that that you know, you said you wanted to give it a break, and I'll I'll give it that break but that's about as far as i'll go all right but uh well we'll talk more yeah all right anything left for you no no let's get into uh let's start talking spider-man 2 let's talk about let me tell you what i like most web impotence yeah let me tell you what i like most about these sequels a two and And a a three i knew that was going to come up at some point that's it this is fucking great. I'm that's no my subtitle. old man. That's my old man yelling at cloud again. Uh, again, a lesson <laughs> that future Marvel movies have not learned. Nope. 
<laughs> a two there, there's no numbers and a fucking left in the, three. There's no numbers left in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is there? Nah. Yeah. I mean, that's an accurate representation of how those movies relate to each other. Sure. They're like their own footnotes and asterisks right <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so they're yeah. not they're not sequels they're at uh, this point some of their si- subtitles might quests. might be able to reference something else in some other movie that's they're where li- it's gonna go some of them are literally side quests right some of them yeah. are literally like <laughs> people go go off from with other people from the movie and have their own adventure yeah exactly all right ladies and gentlemen you're going to have to tell us what you think of the Spider-Man series. We're talking Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. Do you agree with us? Is Spider-Man 2 at the top of your list? Is Spider-Man 3 a bad movie? You're going to have to let us know. All right. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. When you hear us next time, of course, we're going to be talking Spider-Man 2. Say goodbye to everybody, Tom. Do I have any girlfriends? (laughs) (laughs) It's a line from James Franco that is not dated well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm surprised he didn't use uh, the amnesia defense when he was accused of sexually inappropriate behavior. I, you know what that happened? That could have that worked for him. You know what happened? I got knocked around on Spider-Man 3 too many times. <laughs> or maybe he, maybe he could have just used Spider-Man 3 as a, as a, as a mitigating circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> I submit to you this screenplay, Your Honor. Yeah. I was in Spider-Man 3. Case dismissed. Case dismissed. (laughs) You beat me. All right, everyone. Until next time, thanks for listening. I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.